Hello and welcome back to the Eurotrips football podcast. It's time for the season previews and we've got as many as possible from the top five leagues. So our first one is going to be the Premier League, which of course starts this evening as Crystal Palace take on Arsenal. We are bringing you our predictions with myself, Jonathan, Naeem and Ryan, giving you our Champions League um, qualifiers, including the winners of the league, our three relegated sides, our top goal scorer, player of the season, and which teams are going to surprise and which team is going to flop. So I hope you enjoy it. Let's get into it. Are you ready? Are you ready for love? Yes, I am always. Hello and welcome back to the Euro Trips Football Podcast. I'm your host, Andy, and we are here for season predictions, our season previews. We are here in our first league we're going to do is the Premier League. We're going to do all the top five leagues in the world. So we're going to do the Bundesliga episode, a league episode, a Serie A and La Liga episode. But our first one is the Premier League. So we will um, start with that. But before we carry on, we have got our regulars with me. We've got with me Naeem. How are you? Very good. Very good here. And also we've got the man who disgracefully loves coconut. We've got Ryan. She's never going to get over that, are you? Uh, I mean, anyone knows me, I'm a massive, I really hate coconut. Um, so and yeah, I'm, I'm I really not hate bounties as well. Bounties are for the elite people. Uh, oh, never, never proved me wrong in that one, but <laughs> it was a hard decision anyway. It's a nice chocolate there, but um, I'm very well. Thank you. Good to hear. And have you boys watched All or Nothing yet? Yes, I have. Not yet. I'm going to start after this pod. So I've not watched it yet. You said you have, Ryan. So what's it been like so far? It's been good. I mean, I don't think we've seen any of the real entertainment yet i think they've left out for later episodes um the first three were a little bit of a not not a slow burner but they're, they're still an entertaining watch um but i'm i've been impressed with especially how arta has come across in each episode and mm-hmm. if anything i'm more confident now going into the season i know we got a little bit of stick from a uh, a radio station that shall remain nameless um certain ex-players on there talking rubbish as per usual uh, which I weren't very impressed by just because of one little scene in which I think Arteta uses uh, speakers to represent um, Anfield because a lot of our players have obviously never played there before that game and he got a lot of sticks to be honest I can see Naeem laughing uh, <laughs> and uh, this, I think I think it was Gabby Bonglahor who, who, who was calling it ridiculous and whatnot and I, I, I liked it. I mean, he said it. He said it himself on the program that it's it's a crazy idea, but at least he's trying something different. And he, he you know, he give a lot of respect to Anfield. To be fair, when a lot of fans actually talk a lot of shit about Anfield, often say oh, after the well, after yeah. I mean, I've never been there, so I can't comment. But a, a lot of people say that after the sort of 
you know, you'll never walk alone song that is actually quite quiet. But when you speak to players and, and you know, ex-players, they say it's one of the most mm. you know, um, sort of demanding places that they've ever played. So it says a lot. I mean, I will say when I last went to watch us play Norwich in the FA Cup, we won 2-1. I think Minamina scored both goals. But that was the only time I've really found the atmosphere too bad. It was very quiet, but I've been to many games both all, off the All-Premier League apart from that one, and they've all been absolutely rocking. So I think it is just a matter of... I think people just... I don't know what it is, because people seem to always hate on Anfield and say, oh, it's a terrible atmosphere, and they always use that same exact argument. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know... It's the same with the Emirates as, that, as well. I mean, you've you've been there yourself, like, for the Aston Villa game. You know, that, that one was um, as part of one of the episodes in the programme, and, you know, that atmosphere that night was was you know rocking in there and mm. it's many of Arsenal games where you know the atmosphere has been very very good and yet uh, according to Sports Bible it's the worst uh, of a, uh, any Premier League club but that's um, that's Sports Bible who are you know complete mugs so I mean I, I will say that we went, that game I went to with you two I thought it was one of the best atmospheres I've seen at Premier League game life I really thought it was amazing and I went to Chelsea Notch the next day and that was one of the worst, arguably the worst I've seen in the Premier League match. It was not good. I think as well, a lot of fans, I think often, you know, when we do play teams that are low on the table, like a Burnley, like a Fulham or like something like that, I think often that is always the most likely to attract like the almost the fans who aren't regulars or think or don't know the songs. But I do think that that's why you see it whenever we see that we play the big teams. It's always rocking, but I think sometimes maybe against smaller teams, mm. you know, maybe then because, you know, you aren't getting the people because obviously if the big games you have to have a certain amount of points these days to go to these big games for a lot of the big, te- lot of the teams in, in the Premier League, and the, obviously these games are more easy to get for others who maybe don't go to Anfield as much or don't that you don't watch games apart from on the TV, and I think that I found that Norwich game no one knew the songs apart from me and a few others, whereas you go to like. Liverpool at home to Chelsea, Man U, Arsenal, Tottenham, City, or any Champions League game, these are people that have been to about 100, 200 games in their life. And they're... So I think it depends on often who they play. I think these fans who are often saying it's bad atmosphere is because they support teams who are low down the table and it is games where it does attract, sadly, tourist fans. But mm. I'd say, you know, everyone, I'm not seeing a single player mention a bad atmosphere. It's always good. I've Apart from the last time, it's always been a great atmosphere. So... I think that argument is absolutely nonsense. Yeah, could, uh, couldn't agree more. Definitely. But, as mentioned before, we'll start the episode. This is the Premier League preview, so we are going to go through a few categories. And for anyone who listens to my other podcast about football, the Hair Dry Treatment Podcast, will know already my top 20. Uh, we did a table, but this one we're going to do just categories. So the categories we've got are top goal scorer. Sorry, champions, or sorry, champions, Champions League qualifiers, relegated teams, top goal scorer, surprise team, flop team, and player of the season. So we're going to start with myself as the league I cover. I will start off the proceedings. So what do you think, boys? Should we go relegated first, or should we? Go, yeah, let's do that first. Let's do relegated. Build it up. Let's do twentieth to first. So my first relegated team finishing 20th, it's going to be Fulham. Um, you know, Fulham have been a yo-yo team the last five, six years. You know, they have had a, a difference in transfer windows. They've had 
the one where the 1890 season where they spent about 60, 80 million pounds, they went down. The year before last, when they went up, they spent two million and went down. So this time they spent about 30, 40 million pounds. So in the middle, I like the signing of Polinia. I think that's a good signing, but I just don't think they've got enough personally to stay up. And I think that they just haven't got a good enough squad. Mitrovic is their main guy. Obviously got 40 odd goals, but we've all seen him before in the Premier League. He's never done it really. But I will say that obviously the season he had last season may give him some confidence going into this year. But until I see him perform in Premier League on a consistent basis and get enough goals, then I'm not convinced about that either. So I also I think Carvalho come to us is a big loss for them, even though they were expect they knew they were going to lose him in the summer. They haven't really replaced him, and I just think that could be a massive issue for them as well. So I've got Fulham in twentieth. Now next up we'll head to Naeem. Who is your team in 20th? One for Bournemouth. Simple fact. Um, they've done well in the Championship last season, but I think this time in the Premier League, I don't, it's, they ain't got Eddie Howe anymore. Um, I reckon they'll probably just be like a Norwich and just go back down straight away. So I'm going to put them as rock bottom. Um, they haven't brought in too many players that excite me. So, yeah, I want to go for them as my 20th team, finishing rock bottom out of the promoted teams. And how about you, Ryan? 20th for me. Yeah, I'm going with the same as Naeem. I think Bournemouth will go down. I don't think Scott Parker is a Premier League level manager just yet. He might be in the future. But um, for me, they haven't done enough in the window to warrant staying up this season. And I can see them going straight back down. This is what I want to talk about, actually. It's interesting you both put them, because I, spoiler, I haven't got them in the bottom three, Bournemouth. I've got Adam 17th in our hairdryer shooting podcast table prediction. I do think that, you know, we've, we've seen, how many teams have you seen who've bought loads of players and done well in their first year? Not many. I can't think of any that have actually bought a host of players and done well. I know I had Forrest 12th in my table, um, 13th, I should say, and they bought a lot of players. But I just think that, They've really they've not really lost anyone either, and they've not they've bought um, Fredericks, who you know is mediocre at best. But I just think that there's something about having the same players and not upsetting the boat. And I think that they've kept the core players. I think Solanke he could easily have a good season. He had a great last couple of years. His confidence might have gone up. He may well have a renaissance and have a resurgence back in the Premier League. Now he's a bit older, a bit more mature, and I just think that they've kept the same core. And sometimes that is as important as buying 12, 15 players for £80 million. So I think Bournemouth could stay up. I really do think they could stay up. And I think that Scott Parker, I know he's not yet proved it, but I think he could. And I think he, you know, I, I would love to see him do well because he's a, he's a great man. So I, I think Bournemouth personally are going to stay up. I, I think they're going to do I think they're going to surprise the world and they're going to stay up. Like, like Sheffield did, everyone had them going down. They didn't really buy anyone and they stayed up quite convincingly the first year, albeit second year they went down. Nineteenth, um, I've gone for Leeds United. I don't rate Jesse Marsh as a manager. First of all, I think he was lucky that Burnley were just that bit worse. Um, they've lost their two best players. You could argue in Rafinha and Calvin Phillips. They haven't really replaced them. I mean, they bought Tyler Adams. They bought a few other American players. But we all we were all raving about Leon Bailey last year coming from the Bundesliga, and he did not perform at all. Albeit injuries were a big bit of a part as well. So I do think that you know. I think they haven't yet replaced him with any Premier League proven quality and I just don't rate the incomings they've had to replace such 
two such crucial parts of their team. So I think Leeds personally have had a good two years, but I think they will have their time and they will go down. Um, heading back to Naeem, who is 19th for you? Exactly the same team as you, Leeds United. Uh, last season, they just about stayed up on the last day. Um, like you said, with Calvin Phillips and Rafinha gone, two of their better players. The players they brought in, I'm not that convinced. And yeah, I think think this will be the season that they go down. You know, they've been a good team to watch in, in the league, but yeah, I think this season they're gonna they're gonna struggle this season. So yeah, I'm going for them as my 19th place team. Yeah, fair play, and I should also note while we're here that Jonathan might be joining us at some point during the podcast. So if he just joins in randomly. That is why. Um, Ryan, back to you. Is it a triple header of Leeds United in 19th? It sure is. <laughs> okay. All gone Leeds. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I just don't... I think... One thing I actually want to talk about is Patrick Bamford because he had his injuries last year, but he only really performed in England, really, um, in the Premier League, when he had the Elsa as manager. Do you fear for him that maybe... They've got him up front and not really bought any other strikers, like out-and-out strikers. And he's not yet done it in the Premier League outside of Bielsa. Do you think he can still perform under Marsh? Nah. I reckon, I reckon he'll probably get injured again this season. And, mm. you know, there was heavy reliance on his goals, um, well, the season before last, when they were in their first season back. But, yeah, I think... I, I, I think he will score goals, but... Nah, he's not. He's not. He's not the main man. He need, they need another striker, really. Um, obviously, there's still time left in the transfer window, but I guess it just depends on what start they get off to um, this season, whether they'll go in for another striker or not. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. He's a good. He's a good player. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I like him. He won't. He, he's not going to bag twenty goals or more. He just isn't. And the the loss of Rafinha and um, that central midfielder. Calvin yeah. Phillips, um, yeah, they're they're heavy, heavy losses. Like they were heavily relying on the pair of them last season. You could notice the difference when they weren't playing, and to not be able—I mean, you're not going to be able to replace them adequately enough. And yeah, I feel like certain transfer targets that they've gone after, they just haven't been able to get. And although I do rate signings Tyler Adams, it's not enough for me. And I do like Jesse Marsh, and I hope he does well, but. I just feel like they were very lucky to start last season and I think this year will be the year that they go back down. Indeed, indeed. 18th, I've gone for Brentford with my 18th. Um, they had a great year last year. I like what Thomas Frank did, but I remember last season they were faltering away in like January, February. They bought Christian Eriksen and their form changed. Now they haven't bought him permanently and they haven't really bought a replacement. There's talk of Damsgaard coming to the Premier League, but... No guarantee he'll be the same impact that Ericsson had. They bought Ben Mee, which actually I quite like that Ben Mee signing, you know, on a free, bring some leadership to that defence. By saying that, the fact they were struggling last year and then Ericsson came in and they haven't bought him permanently, um, I think that could be a massive loss. And I think Brentford will be the team that just misses out and gets relegated. Um, Naeem, back to you. Who was 18th for you? 18th team, um, I've gone for Everton. Oh, I love that. I love that thing. <laughs> yeah, they got Frank Lampard in charge. I, I don't rate him. He's he's bang average manager at best. Um, Calvert-Lewin, I've heard he's out injured again. Mm. Rondon, he's suspended for the first game, so they haven't really got an out-and-out striker. They're, when you look at their team on paper, it's just 
just average at best, really. And I think losing Richarlison, like I know people are a bit mixed with him, but you know he did score 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 quite a lot of goals for them. And they haven't really replaced him. I know they brought in Dwight McNeil, but he's not he's not really the same caliber of player, to be fair. But you never know. I think they're gonna. I think they will will go down um, this season. They were they did get a bit lucky last season. You know they won a few games here and there, but I reckon yeah. If they keep Lampard in charge, then yeah, they're, they're in big trouble of going down. So they, if they do get rid of him, because I reckon he will be the first manager sacked this season, then they might have a chance to stay up. But yeah, I think they, I think they'll just they they might go down this season. They will go down. Sorry, they will go down this season. Yeah, I would obviously love to see that, but I think as well, Ricardo, he was so crucial to that that late season um, sort of form they had, getting big wins against. Chelsea, they beat Arsenal, they beat someone else as well. They, they got quite a few wins against good teams towards the end of the year. McCarthy was a massive part of that. Um, so I, I think that losing him and, and Dwight Meal is okay, but he's nowhere near. You know, Ricardo's never, he just drawing Spurs of 50 or a million pounds. So I think, you know, that shows how good he was in Barcelona and PSG would link with him in the past as well. So I just don't think Dwight McNeil will ever replicate what he's done. And I do fear for Lampard. I don't think actually we'll see a manager sacked until 2023 because of the World Cup. But also I think most teams apart from Everton are probably set as ma- as manager. Uh, I do think Tuchel could be in trouble only because it's a new owner. New owners a lot of time like to have a new manager to go for a bad run of spell. They might mm. do that. But I think most teams are pretty much set. Like I can't see... You know, Brentford second Frank. I can't see Forrest second Cooper. I can't see Hassan Hootel, Potter, Bruno Large, Rogers, or any of them being sacked. Can't see Vieira being sacked. I, I, a lot of the managers I can I can't see going. So, uh, but yeah, Ryan, over to you for your final relegated team in 18th place. Everton. <laughs> okay. I, 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 I can't see how they survive. They've not improved their squad at all from last season I, I think Frank again same as what Naeem said I do not rank Frank Lampard whatsoever and for me they've got certain players in that squad that are not ready for a relegation fight mm-hmm. Deli Alley is probably the prime example of that and I mean what signings have they written I mean Troy McNeil isn't a good signing for how much they paid for him I don't think he scored a goal last season did he for Burnley Let's um, find out. Let's find uh, out. Yeah, I think he might score. Let me have a look. Um, it was it, it was either zero or one. I know he didn't. He got he got no goals, one assists. In there you get, there you go. Wow, I didn't know it was that bad. Like I know Burnley did go down, and but I I watched him a few times, and and I know he's a fairly young player still, and he he may well get better, but I just there's not enough quality in that Everton squad, and considering now they've lost Calvert Lewin for the first six weeks. That's that's a massive blow. They've got no other real forwards of any kind of quality around their area, and I think they they they're, they're banging in trouble. Like, and I could see. I've, I funny enough, I looked today at the odds for the first manager to be sacked, and lo and behold, it was Frank Lampard. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can I can see him being sacked for the World Cup. I do think that. They have actually signed someone who knows exactly how to stay up in James Tarkovsky. Mm. And they, they've also been linked with Connor Cody, who I think is, a, I don't know why Wolves will let him go, but they get Cody as well. They've got two players there that 
I think, bring leadership to the team. I think Cody especially wouldn't shock me if he's named captain straight away. Um, and Tarkovsky has been for years in a relegation scrap with Burnley and always survives. And also the players, they all went through it last year, most of them. So I do think they'll they'll just survive. I had them 16th in my table, but um, I do think it'll be another bad season for them. However, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked to say time to say if they went down. I think at the same time, and I wouldn't be... I think they haven't replaced with Carlson. I think they could easily go down. But it's more, that... it's more their attacking players. Like it's all well and good them having a a good defence, yeah. and and that and that might save them a few goals here and there. But when you when you look at their forwards, I'm just trying to find their squad up now. You've um, got the guy last year was Anthony Gordon. He looked really good. Yeah, he, in a few games he played towards the yeah, end. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah he's a, a decent player. Don't get me wrong, and um, I think they had they had offers for him actually this this yeah. window. Yeah, uh, interested. They've only really got Rondon, Damari Gray, and Carver Lewin as the. I mean, yeah, you look at their their forwards. Dwight McNeil, as we've just got said, didn't yeah. score a goal. Carver Lewin's injured and is quite often injured. Anthony Gordon's okay. Damari Gray's okay. Andros Townsend is poor, Iwobi is poor, Rondon is poor, and even even in midfield, like they're lacking numbers in midfield as well. Like so, yeah, I think it's it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a massive struggle unless they can get any decent signs through the door. Obviously, towards the end of the transfer window, then I don't see how they stay up. No, I think it could be a long old season for the Blues. We are now joined by Jonathan, so welcome back to the pod, Jonathan. Thank you very much. Right, we've just done our bottom three to go down, so we'll give you the chance to give your bottom three from 20th to 18th. And this is the Premier League, I'm guessing? Yes. Okay, <laughs> just making sure. Uh, let's see, 20th, I'm going to go with uh, Bournemouth. It's got to be Bournemouth, uh, I think. At least two out of the three newly promoted sides will go down, which also means that Fulham is my 19th place team. I pretty much think it's a shoe-in 20th and 19, whether it's Fulham 20th, Bournemouth 19, and then 18. I really do think Nottingham Forest is going to stay up. I think Everton, I don't think they've done enough in this year's transfer window. I think they've gotten worse. Okay. <laughs> it's interesting. You've actually... So, to recap it, Jonathan, nine went for Bournemouth 20th, Leeds 19th, Everton 18th, which is the exact same bottom three as Ryan. They both had the exact same three teams going down. Myself, I had Fulham in 20th, Leeds in 19th, and Brentford in 18th. So um, just the, that is the Logan. As we head now to our top four, our Champions League predictions. So we'll go from fourth oh, to God. first. <laughs> so Ryan's told me he's got some bold predictions, and I'm looking forward to these. Um, so for me, my fourth place team is Chelsea. I think that I know we, they had a heavy loss to Arsenal pre-season and Neville's been criticised in their transfer business. But at the same time, I do like really like the Sterling signing. I think that, you know, Chelsea looked so much better last year when Lukaku wasn't playing and Habits was playing as a false nine. That's something Sterling can play from his time at Man City. And I think he can play on the wing as well, which gives him an extra attacker. I think Rudiger's a massive loss, but I do think Koulibaly coming in is almost a like-for-like replacement as well. And I 
like the fact they might get Cucurello as well. I'm not sure why they'd buy him because they've already got two left backs. Maybe that's Sao Alonso. But I just think the team they've got is pretty good. I don't think they've got a good depth, but I think their first 11 is pretty good. And I think they're going to have just about enough to um, to beat a certain team who's my surprise team in fifth. Um, Naeem, over back to you for your fourth place team. I've gone for the team that finished fourth last season. I've gone for Tottenham Hotspur. Um, they brought in quite a few players in the summer. They've got a good manager. And, yeah, I think they'll probably cement, cement that top four position whilst Conte's in charge. I know they've got Champions League football. Um, so, yeah, that's that's going to obviously be interesting to see what they do there. But, yeah, I reckon, I reckon they'll finish fourth this season again. Yeah, I, I think they're primed for a good season. Um, Ryan, over back to you for your fourth place team. Well, I made a last-minute adjustment to this because I was 50-50 between who's going to go fourth. I know my top three, um, but just and, and by nothing, I've put Tottenham in fourth. Just, okay. just simply because I rate Antonio Conte extremely highly, but you've always got that little fuse there that if anything goes wrong at any stage of the season, if he has a little disagreement with Daniel Levy, if something goes wrong, we know it can tip him over the edge and he could very well just walk away and it could all implode. So that's always the risk you take with Conte. So, but yeah, I think they've got enough there to, to get fourth place. I do think I see both of you having Spurs in the top four. I'm not going to lie. I was expecting at least one of you to have them not in the top four, but fair play. You got them both in. Uh, Jonathan, over to you for your fourth place team. I've changed my rankings ever so slightly in the recent week. I've always told myself to, to never give any importance to preseason. And I'm sort of going back on that a little bit just because I think Arsenal have looked yes. so ridiculously good. So I have to put them in as my fourth spot. It's not to say that Manchester United haven't looked good, because sure, they've played decently as well. But I think there's less chaos going on at Arsenal right now. I think Man United is still several players away from Champions League football, so I think Manchester United will place fifth. Chelsea, sixth. I've got Arsenal Ooh. sneaking in fourth, but I think it's going to be... Those four, five, sixes are going to be a little similar to what we saw this year and be very tight. Um, and yeah, I think Arsenal's going to sneak in there. By the skin of their teeth. Right, over to third. Now, my third place team, the team you've just mentioned in Tottenham. I like their business a lot. I think that, first of all, Ricardo, I know he may not always play. I think it's interesting who will play actually between him, Kudasevsky, and how they're going to fit them all in. But I think Ricardo is a player Conte would love. He's a perfect sort of Conte player. Conte will absolutely adore him. Perisic knows him from Inter Milan. He'll fit straight in and do well. You know, they bought a player for the future in Jed Spence. Not that that's going to impact this season too much, but he may still play. You know, obviously, Kane, the song, Kudoseski, everyone knows their talent. And I think they've had a really good window. They've got, for me, maybe top three, top five manager in the world in Conte. You know, and they've got, I think, if they, if don't, they don't play Eric Dyer too much, I think they'll be, for me, third place. So, Naeem, over to you. Who is your third place team? The same as last season, so I've gone for Chelsea this time around. Um, I know, I know. If obviously they've lost Rudiger, they lost Christensen, they lost uh, two defenders there that did play a big part last season. But 
I've liked what they've done this um, this transfer window. They're probably still going to get more more transfers in. Obviously, they've got a new owner, Todd Bowley. So, obviously, he's going to want to make a good impression um, at, at Chelsea. So, I think, yeah, if they, if they can get a, a very good attacking player in as well, um, obviously, help with the goals. Obviously, they've lost to Kaku on that. He didn't do nothing last season, but they still need someone that's going to get them at least 15 to 20 goals minimum this season. So, yeah, I think they'll do well this season and just finish third again. They won't, they won't be in the title charge, but I think, yeah, they'll just be floating in that third position again. Yeah, I, I think they'll... I don't think they've got enough, I don't think, to even remotely challenge for a league, but I do think they've got some really good players. You know, Reese James as well. You know, centre-backs, as for the creators, getting old, but he's still a great leader for them in the back. Um, you know... Mendy's a great goalkeeper. Jorginho's there. I had a bit of down year last year, but he's still got quality there. You know, Mason Mount, Kovacic, Pulisic on his day, um, Ziyech on his day, if you're still there by August 31st. Um, they've got some good players there, but I just, I, just, I do think there'll be enough of top four, but not enough to challenge for a league. Now, to Ryan. I think I know where this is going, but who is your third place team? Well, it's not Chelsea and it's not Man United, so you can yep. already guess who it is. It is Ooh. the Arsenal. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I said it in our, one of our last TikTok videos. Uh, I just, I, I can't see any negatives at the moment. This is TikTok. Although I'm optimistic every season, and most seasons I do say that we'll finish top four. This is one season I genuinely am excited to see what we can do, especially not just in the league, but in the cup competitions as well. There's, I think we have enough about us to try and win the Europa League. And I think the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup will look to more hopefully use the fringe players and a few youngsters. But with the Premier League, our starting eleven, if if we can keep them fit, is... Very, very strong. It's up there, I think, with the best. And the players have matured from last season. So I don't see any negatives, to be honest. And like you say, there's a lot more going on. There's a lot more chaos at United and Chelsea. Chelsea seems to be missing out on transfer targets left, right and centre at the minute. And although they have brought in, like you say, Koulibaly and Sterling, who are very, very good signings, there's no guarantee that they will fit into that team well. I mean, we saw that with Lukaku last season. Koulibaly is coming from Serie A, obviously a much different league, much different style uh, to the Premier League. So we have to see how that one works out. And for me, if if they bought a world-class striker, someone who actually did score goals and not whinge, then they would probably be in the top four. But I don't think the strikers that they currently have, I think Timo Werner's probably on his way out on loan. That's been reported anyway. And... I don't think Havertz and uh, Brewer, if he does stay there, will score enough goals to sort of get them in there. So, yeah, but it'll be, it'll be very close, I think, between Arsenal, Chelsea and Spurs for third and fourth. I think United will be a little bit far off that. But, yeah, there'll be nothing in it between them three teams. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to mention that. I just want to make a point about this because obviously I've not gone top four. I'm assuming Naeem hasn't, and obviously Jonathan and yourself have Arsenal only top four. But do you think one thing that could hamper them is the fixture congestion with the Europa League? We see a lot of teams, you know, 
a lot of teams do have difficult season in the league if they go far in Europe. And I think we've seen West Ham may have been an anomaly, but most teams we see in Europa League do often see their league position struggle when they are in the competition. So do you think if he takes it seriously, which I think he will, and they go a long way in the tournament, do you think that could potentially hinder the league position? No. Yeah. I, I think, obviously, with the Europa League, you can pretty much play your like second-string squad in the group stages. So you're really going to be playing a strong team, say, from like February onwards. So I don't know. It just really depends because injuries, really. like That's that's the main thing because if you get a couple injuries to like some of our first-team players, some of the fringe players we've got, they're, they're not as good. So we might struggle there. But I, I don't think it should make too much of a difference. But, yeah, it just depends if we do actually strengthen any more in January, I guess. But it shouldn't make too much of a a change um, at the start of the Europa League campaign, but it just depends on how well we manage it and what squad he puts out. Yeah, that's, that's what I want to talk about because I think I actually would have put Arsenal top four if they weren't playing in Europe or I think the actual first team is really good. I think, you know, yeah. Ramsdale, you've got Kieran Tierney and you got, I think I like Gabriel, I like Ben White and I think with Saliba coming back in, he's meant to be a really good prospect. For everything I've heard from Arsenal fans, including yourselves, he's meant to be the real deal. You know, the midfield's good. Udegaard, you've got Smith Rowe, you've got Martinelli, you've got Jacker, you've got Partey, you've got Zinchenko, I think is a great selling. I think he might play that defensive mid role rather than left back. You know, you've got, obviously, you bought Jesus, you've bought, you've got Saka already. I think that first team is really, really good, but I don't know if the depth is there. I think. Apart from that first level, I don't think there's a great, you know, Bellerin's part on the bench, Maitland Niles, Enketia, Laconga. I don't think it's a brilliant outside of the first eleven, mm-hmm. I don't think it's a great bench. But I think if you had depth, I think you obviously lost Lacazette, you lost to Bamiang, you lost Wendy's even though he wasn't playing. Um I, I just asked my only worry with Arsenal that they haven't got the best depth and they are playing two games a week. But I, I will say if they go out the group stage Arsenal getting top four for me, easy. But I think the fact they're playing two double tournaments and they haven't got the best depth, that's why I've got them outside the top four for me personally. No, I, no, I disagree because, I mean, this, this is what one one thing that sort of annoyed me last season where, you know, especially towards the end of the season where we was meant to get top four and we wasn't really spoken about it towards, till the end of the season anyway. But, you know, a lot of excuses were given to to Spurs in particular, the fact that they had European football to contend with when they stopped playing Euro- European football in November and they were playing in the Europa Conference League where they were not playing a full-strength team as well. So I don't think that, that can be used as an excuse for last season especially. But this season, as Naeem said, we're not going to be fielding a strong team in the group stage because we won't need to. He might do in the first couple of games and then obviously as soon as we're qualified or you know seem to have qualified... He'll start playing a couple of young lads and depending on who they get in the knockout rounds, then he might even still continue to play them in the knockout rounds. And it's the same with the Carabao Cup. Obviously, the FA Cup don't, don't, don't really get started until later in the season. But I feel like we do have a much better squad depth than we did last season. When you think of the players that probably aren't playing, you know, the likes of Enketia, Pepe, if he's still here, uh, the young lad Marquinhos, Fabio Vieira, who's gone like well under the radar. Mm. Um, when you... was, yeah, I wanted to mention actually, he's meant to be getting so many good reviews out from people who knew him from the Portuguese league. Yeah, I mean Julian Laurent's uh, French journalist. He said that he he's 
the most similar player he's ever seen to Bernardo Silva, which is obviously massive praise to be given, you know, such a young player. And obviously I know of him just from playing football manager, but he he's an incredible versatile player. He can play anywhere along the front line, you know, deeper midfield and potentially as a false nine as well. So he's someone who's going to give us a lot of depth going forward. And I don't think we're done in the transfer window yet as well. When you look, they're still linked to one or two players, certain positions that we could potentially strengthen in. And again, I saw a player coming back from his loan spell, Saliba, who was, you know, in the French team of the season last year. I think he's an absolute monster. We watched him pre-season and he's so intimidating and so commanding. And the fact that he can play at right back and we saw him and Ben White switching positions quite often. I, I, I love seeing that. And the versatility that we've got in our squad, you know, that fills me with a, a lot of confidence. So I don't think our depth will be, will be an issue. And I don't think Europa League will ham, hamper us either. Yeah, maybe may right there. But I think Vieira, he looks good, but he made to add some pounds. I've seen some pictures of him. And he, does, he looks very skinny. Skin, I know I'm very skinny. I think he looks skinnier than me. Uh, I, yeah, it was the same with Martinelli when we got him. You, you look at the difference between him and, you know, then and now, and it's, yeah. like, it's like a different person. So that they will, obviously, uh, again, that's something that's been brought up in the Amazon documentary is that they tried to get, I can't remember which player it was, but they told him that basically he needed to sort of bulk up a little bit. And I think it was Smith-Rowe, and he was told right. to sort of, put in a few more challenges and whatnot as well. So they obviously want the players to have a little bit of physicality about them. Yeah, maybe he's a player for you. Maybe he'll have a year this year to adapt and maybe next year we'll see the real Vieira yeah. uh, come in. Um, heading over to Jonathan for your third place team. My third place, I have Tottenham. I, I really just think that they're going to take another step up under Conte's system. I like what they did this summer as well. I think Romero's going to continue to turn himself into one of the better center backs in the league if he can stay healthy. I really like most of their signings. Perisic especially. It's a very anti-Tottenham signing of, of bringing in a veteran player as they usually go so young in the market. I don't like Richarlison though. $50 million, I don't see anywhere he can go to start in that lineup with... <laughs> Someone who couldn't agrees with me. I mean, I, I understand it if you have ambitions to win the league, which is clearly what they have, but their ambitions are so realistic, unrealistic, um, because Liverpool and, and Man City, at least from what I can see, are, are the top two, and, and it's hard to find any other club uh, in England that can get past them at the moment. And signing a guy for 50 million euros, I understand you want that depth, but... I'm not sure a role player's worth 50 million euros. And, not um, and, and I just don't think he's that good. He's that good. Um, but yeah, I still think that overall their depth is better. Their team has improved as a whole. One more year under Conte's system. As Ryan says, if, if everything goes right, if he stays, um, I think they, tips, they take the step up and comfortably get third place. Yeah, I mean, I think he might get a few games because we are going to see, particularly when the World Cup, before the World Cup starts, we'll see a lot of congested fixtures, so a lot of two games a week, you know, with trying to fit games in before the World Cup starts. Um, and I think we may see him and Kulisewski swap a lot in that front three. 
Um, I don't think he'll play week in and week out, but I do. I will think. I do think he will have a good season. I do think Spurs may actually do well in the cups. Like I reckon they could win the league cup. I reckon they could be their year to win that. Um, and I think that Carson could be a big part of that run. But, um, but, he, but yeah. he, he's not a player that you can sense from how he, how he is. He ain't gonna be happy if he's sitting on the bench as a squad player. No, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna wanna play and. I, I, I can just see a scenario that unfolds where you get a little bit of that Mancini Balotelli relationship where mm. if if he's not playing he could fall out with Conte who is prone to do that with certain players so he's got obviously that's something to look out for. Hopefully he spends six months there and buggers off to somewhere not in England. That's yeah. my hope out of the whole thing because I really can't stand that man. Um, now top two we're going to do things differently we're going to go rather than giving up and giving a second team we're going to give our champions each this time and then we're going to give our chance to give why for this so i think the league winners in 2022 2023 are going to be man city uh naeem who's winning the league for you yeah i'm going for man city as well um obviously it's going to be it's going to be between man city and liverpool I think it will be close again. Um, but no, it's just, it's just, I just, I just think yeah, Man City when Pep's there, like I know, they, I know, usually they start take a while to get going, but once they start going on that run of winning, winning games, then yeah, they're unstoppable. And if Haaland can settle down well, then yeah, I reckon he's gonna, they'll do the business this season again. Um, so yeah, I want for Man City. Yeah, I mean, I've gone for similar reasons to you. My main reason why I think whilst we bought Darwin, they bought Haaland, who I think both will smash it, by the way. Have you, we've lost Mane. And I know City have lost Sterling and um, Jesus, but I think they've still got that depth there. They've still got, you know, uh, Bernardo Silva, they've got Grealish, they've got Foden who can play, they've got Mares, and, Mares yeah. and obviously they've got Haaland as well. So I do think that with well, for us, I think you know, Darwin Nunes looked good in that one game, but it's just a glorified friendly. You know, Marnie was so key. You were guaranteed with him he'd perform week in, week out. Mm. And I think that, you know, we've got, okay, we've got good depth. I think we've still got good depth. We've got the likes of, you know, Jota, Diaz, obviously Salah, and now Darwin, and then Firmino, if he stays. But I just think overall that that's that squad they've got compared to ours, depth-wise, is so much better. And I think that's why we're a better cup team, they're a better league team, because they've got depth, and we've got maybe even a better first team, but their depth is so unbelievable. They bought Calvin Phillips, who'll probably be a bench warm, not bench warm, he'll probably, they bought him to be a backup to Rodri, you know, they've got Gundogan, they've got obviously Rodri and, you know, Rodri and Phillips, they've got Cancelo, they've got the, so many good players, and I think that team is just too strong in, in sort of overall in each position. I think they're going to, once again, just about win the league. Um, Ryan, who is winning the league for you? Well, first up, try telling Darwin Nunes that that was only a friendly. I know. He, <laughs> he, 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 was, he was on it, he was. He reminds me of um, of Luis Suarez quite a lot, actually. Um, just just his demeanour. But I've, I've got Liverpool as champions. Um, okay. Simply because... Liverpool have had a very good window. Yes, they've lost Mane, but I think Mane was was progressively each season anyway starting to get not not worse is the wrong word, but he wasn't performing at the same level in my opinion. Um, not to what Mane was, um, Salah was sorry. 
mm-hmm. and they already had a replacement in him in Luis uh, Diaz, and they've added to that with Darwin Nunez, obviously one of the you know most exciting strikers in in Europe. Uh, and I just feel like the additions as well of um, Carvalho, who looks mm. an incredible young player as well. Uh, they haven't really lost that much. Yes, they've lost Origi and Minamino, who were a bit, you know, a bit part players at the end of the day. They, you know, Origi sort of contributed some big goals here and there. Um, but I don't think, I think they, uh, the transfer window hasn't hurt Liverpool at all. Where at City, yes, they've brought in Haaland and yes, they've brought in um, Calvin Phillips. Julian Alvarez is, is another player who should not be underestimated by any stretch. Like he is such a massive talent and he will score goals this season. Um, but I just think the loss of Sterling and Jesus is being underestimated by a lot of people. They're two players that have contributed a lot to Man City's success over the last couple of seasons. Whether they are starting or coming off the bench, I still feel they, they're massive. And the fact that they've got a situation at left-back now where they haven't, they, they obviously lost out on Cucurella and I know they're probably going to bring in a young lad from Anderlecht, Sergi Gomez, but he might. I don't think he'll be ready to go straight in there. They haven't got an out-and-out left-back without playing either Ake or Cancelo there. So I I think that'll be a problematic area for him. And I just think Liverpool will pip him by maybe a point or two. It'll be nothing in there again. It'll be very, very close. But yeah, Liverpool for me. Well, I really hope you're right, mate. I really do. That'll be, be amazing. Um, finally, Jonathan, who's winning the league for you? We've got City, City as well. It's not the team I want to win. I don't really care who wins. Just anybody different, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I think both Man City and Liverpool have done very well this transfer window. Man City has lost a little bit more, but I don't think it will matter at the end of the day. I do think Alvarez is the player to watch out for. I agree with Ryan on that. When given the game time, I really think he's going to prove himself and just just go crazy. I've you know watched some highlight reels on him on YouTube and he just looks so good. And I, uh, my other prediction actually is that Holland will get injured for this, for this year. I'm going to go, we're going to set the betting line at 60 days. I'm going to take, I'm going to take the over on that. I think about <laughs> 65 to 70 days he gets, he's out for, which I obviously don't hope that will happen. He's clearly a good guy and you never want anybody to get injured. But after oh, watching I do. For, for quite a <laughs> few years, the last few years at, uh, at Dortmund and especially this last campaign in particular, um, it felt like every day, just another muscular prob- problem would, would pop up in training. Um, and so I think that's the one thing city has to be concerned with, but I still don't think it will matter because they are that deep, and what's Pep great at? He's great at winning link titles. May never be able to win the Champions League again, but <laughs> you can bet on him uh, being right there for the league when when it's all said and done. So I hope he's injured for the 20th of October and the 26th of April next year. <laughs> Every other fixture, he's fine. <laughs> I actually hope him more than anything else just because it would help me get other good players in fantasy football because <laughs> I've got him in my team. And, um, <laughs> oh, so have I, to be fair. Yeah, we, I think it would help me buy, you know, can't think now, but how I can get someone decent for that money, maybe even Sterling, maybe even someone else. But um, 
But yeah. Um, top goal scorer, Mark, I've mentioned him now. We've just mentioned him. I think top goal scorer will be Halland. I, I just can't see him not performing. Um, you know, even if he takes a few weeks to adapt, I don't think it will. It won't be long before he does well. And they have got a really favourable first six fixtures. They've got really, no one really that tough. I don't think in the first, let me get it now. So their first six fixtures will be uh, West Ham away. Then they'll play at home Bournemouth, who I think he'll get four goals in that game. They'll play Newcastle away, Palace at home, Forest at home, Villa away, then Spurs at home and Wolves away. And then Manu home, which is basically a guaranteed three points. Um, <laughs> they've got oh, just a really fable first ten fixtures. I think he's going to absolutely smash it. Even if he gets injured, he may have enough goals in those first ten games for then when he comes back to carry on what he's doing. And I think that Aguero was the same thing, and he always got goals. So I, I think that Haaland will absolutely smash it, and he will be top goal scorer. Um, back to you, Naim. Who is your top goal scorer? I've gone for the Egyptian king, Mo Salah. Um, yeah, since he's been in the Premier League, he's always up there in the top three. He's won the Golden Boot, um, is it twice, I want to say? I want to say yeah, twice or three times now. Jo- I know, one won year, he was Mane and Aubameyang, won it last year. got a feeling he won it the year he won, not won the league, he won it when his first season when he got... Yeah. Yeah, I think he got the, almost the single season record, I think. Oh yeah, I might be wrong, but yeah, he, he always gets goals for Liverpool. Um, obviously, got Darwin Nunes up front as well now. But yeah, I think I think he'll have another good season this year, um, Salah. And yeah, I've gone for him as my top goal scorer. I actually hope that we actually do go out the cups early. I I actually wouldn't be against us being knocked out of the League Cup and FA Cup in the first round, just because that would help us in the league personally. You've won you've won them now, so it, yeah, you know, try you know, try go Champions League and League double. Give me League all day long over Champions League personally, <laughs> but I know my dad's the other way around. Um, Ryan, who is your top goal scorer? This is hard because for me, any one of six players mm. can get it, and that's a bold prediction. I think there's just going to be one, maybe two goals separating at least six players this season. You've got obviously Haaland, you've got Nunez, you've got Gabriel Jesus, Harry <laughs> Kane, Mohamed Salah. That's five there. I think Skamaka, Brendan Johnson, no. <laughs> I think Skamaka of West Ham is an underrated one. Yeah, I'd agree. Sorry, a bit of disturbance there. Um, but yeah, I think any any one of them six players are in with a are in with a definite shout. So, but I've had to pick one. I'm gonna say Darwin Nunes. Oh, really big on Liverpool this year. I'm just, loving that. Just because, like Jonathan said, Haaland is, you know, you know that thing to injuries. Like he will get injured at some point, so it's just how long for and crucially when. Yeah. Um, finally, Jonathan, who is your Premier League top goal scorer for the upcoming season? Well, I'm just going to go on a bit of a rant here to start things off. I, it's because I, I, I dis, I've grown to dislike this award because. I think it's who's the one in the team taking the penalties. And so you're always going to look at your Salas, your Harry Canes of the world, because, you know, not only are they great goal scorers, but they take the penalties. Son should have, should have won it last year. I wish they would just would have given it to him and not split, split the award between him and Salah, because I don't know the exact number, but Salah took, 
11 or 12 penalties out of his 23 goals, I believe. Um, and so a quick thing about the penalty, they should change it to where whoever gets fouled in the box should take the penalties. That would not only be more interesting, but I think it would fair things up because, you know, these players are getting so good nowadays that, of course, you have some incredible misses, but I don't know the stats. 80-90% of the time, it, it feels like it's it's a sure thing goal. So I don't even know why we just step up there and take it. We should just, you know, go back to the go back to midfield and, and start things up again and give them the goal. But anyways, now that that's out the way, <laughs> uh, I'll go with Harry Kane. I think he bounces back goals wise this season. Unfortunately, he'll he'll take most of the penalties as well. Um, and I like Tottenham as a team. I think Salah's goals get reduced a little bit by the impact of Darwin Nunez. And then I think Holland's going to have some injury troubles. Hopefully not, but, um, but yeah, I think, I think Harry Kane's going to win this one. So sorry about that. Sorry about that. No, <laughs> I, knew, I, I think Kane, he's my second choice actually um, behind Holland. One thing I will say, which probably should be taken account is that with Mo Salah and Holland and Son for that matter, they're not playing in the World Cup. And I think they'll get a nice, even though I think there's talk of clubs playing friendlies in that break for players that aren't involved in the World Cup, I do think that that will help those three players massively. They'll be fresh. They'll be, and I think the game start again on Boxing Day, I believe, um, in the Premier League. So I do think that for that reason, I think that's why those three players particularly should be looked at for Golden Boot because Kane's probably playing all, probably will play until at least the quarterfinals. Darwin Nunes, we're not sure how far Uruguay will go, but we, we know that Salah, of Son and Halland are all not playing in the World Cup, uh, which ruins my bet. I put a bet on about four years ago of of, bet of Norway winning the World Cup, as of, just because I saw Halland <laughs> playing against us and thought, oh, and for Dorm, I thought this guy's going to be great. But then they didn't qualify, so that's two pound down the drain. <laughs> um, player of the season, this one's a bit of a, bit of a cop out. Kevin De Bruyne, I think for me, best player in the league. And I think he'll be eager to win it after not winning it last year. I think City will win the league. I think they'll go far in Europe. And I think that he will be the main man once again. So, not much more to say about that. Kevin De Bruyne, my player of the season. Uh, Naeem, over to you. Yeah, I've gone for exactly the same. Kevin De Bruyne. Um, yeah, he's he's just done well the last couple of years. I'm sure, didn't he win it last season? It was Mo Salah. Oh, I must have been looking at the wrong list of then. There was some dodgy art. I think he might won the, the, there's like a Premier League players, wasn't there? Yeah, like there's a, two different ones in there. Yeah, but the PFA one was won by, the, the real one was won by <laughs> But yeah, I think if he can stay fit, um, De Bruyne, then yeah, I think he's just instrumental in City's team, you know. He's, he's, he's just a joy to watch, really. Um, so yeah, I think if City do have a good season this season, he'll be one of the main reasons. So yeah, I'll go for him as my player this season. And then Ryan? Mm-hmm. He didn't like this one. This isn't one that any I, I don't think many Ooh. people will have Ooh. predicted. I bet, I bet it's Jesus. It's not Gabriel Jesus, although <laughs> I, did, I did think about it. He wasn't, the, he wasn't the Arsenal player who I was actually thinking. I was going to put Martin Odegaard because... <laughs> that would be a bold, bold he, he was brilliant last season and he's only getting better. But I've actually gone for someone who I don't think will score a blitz of goals. He won't be as, up there as a top goal scorer, but he's going to bang assists and he's going to work. He works so hard for his team. I've gone for Luis Diaz. Oh, I Ooh. love that. 
I love it. I, I absolutely love watching him. And he was so, so good for Liverpool when he joined in January. Like, just off the bat. And it's always hard for a player to come in mid-season to a new league, a new country, a new language. But he'd done it with such class. And he's only going to get better. And I think, obviously, with having Nunez and Salah around him with, the, with that midfield as well, then I, I think he'll be in with a definite shout. Yeah, I love Luis Diaz. I mean, my, my dad loves him more than I do. My dad loves Luis Diaz. But um, I think he was the reason why we did so well and went so far and everything because he added that depth, first of all, added that quality. You know, we could have like, bring him off the bench if players aren't performing. I think he just added that quality and depth we needed to compete. And it's no coincidence that we caught up with City after he joined and obviously got all the way to the final. Uh, you mentioned that um, Darwin reminds you of Suarez. Luis Diaz reminds me so much of Suarez. The mm. South American sort of, that warrior sort of mentality, you know, his, his skill on the ball reminds me of Suarez. It, just everything about him reminds me of Suarez. And I think that he is a phenomenal player. And I think that I've not got him in because I try to avoid Liverpool players, but he's a midfielder on FPL. So if anyone has wants to put him in, £8.5 million, I think he's an absolute can't miss prospect putting him in in your fantasy teams. Um, Jonathan, finally to you for your player of the season. I have Kevin De Bruyne as well. I think he's going to win it this year. Crying out loud. <laughs> such a such a pit. Oh. Oh, I, I, I hope he gets injured for the whole season. <laughs> I say yes, but he beat us. It just looks, it looks better if I'm wrong now. Oh, yeah. I, I, I love it if you're wrong. That means we might win a league, but. I do think that they got they got we got ninety seven points dim in the league and they got ninety eight without him for most of the year. So I think even if he doesn't play, I think they'll still win the league. I think they're just that good. Um, now surprise team, my one got a bit of a negative reaction when I said it on the hair dry treatment podcast. I think his team is finishing fifth place. I'm going for Newcastle United. Fifth. Yeah, and I, 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 I this is the reason why I mentioned I mentioned Jesus. before the fact that you know, Arsenal have got Europa League. Newcastle haven't got anything to worry about apart from FA Cup, Carabao Cup and the league. And their recent history goes anything by, they'll be out of the League Cup and the FA Cup in the third round. And I think that their actual first team is really good. You know, they've got, they bought Nick Pope, I think it's an amazing signing. They've signed permanently Matt Target. Kieran Trippier was playing amazingly before his injury last year. They've got Grimares, Callum Wilson, St. Maximum. Joe Linton had a real resurgence last season. Almiron as well. And since... January 22nd, they've drawn one, won 12 and lost five. And they beat Arsenal, they went head-to-toe with other, other big teams. I think they're just primed for it. Eddie Howe did an amazing job. I think they're just primed for a really good year. And they'll have nothing else to worry about. They'll be fresh. Their first team was actually, I think, really underrated. And I think they're going to shock the world. And if they buy Madison as well, oh my goodness. So, so, so just, to, just to clarify the situation before we move on, you're, you're saying... Newcastle will finish not just above Arsenal, but above United as well. Yep, Man, you'll finish seventh. They'll be a terrible year. Well, I can't wait to this time next year, or maybe a couple of months prior to this, when we go through these predictions again, <laughs> and I'm going to be sit here laughing at this very moment. <laughs> well, I, I can't. I God, that shocked me. Just you bold. watch Newcastle again. I think Newcastle is going to have. An amazing season. I think that they were one of the best teams last year. They've added to be the best keeper in England. They've got a good team anyway. I just I think, think that... 
I think you can, of course, Eddie Howe's a, I, you know, I'm a massive fan of his, but I think you have to credit a lot of that to the managerial bounce, which we quite often see. Mm, obviously, they, they, were, they, were, they were taken over, obviously, by the new owners, which brought a lot of sort of buzz about the place. And I, I think they'll have a very good season, but to finish above Arsenal and even United, who I hate with a passion, but I, 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 I can't do that. Even above West Ham, I think, is a shout. To be fair, actually, West Ham were very close to me to be most surprising because I think they finished 7th or 8th last year with that with Europa League football. Mm-hmm. So now I think they got that team they've got. There's just no European football to worry about. I think West Ham, I think... Yeah, they've got conference that could, league. Say that again, sorry, mate. They've got conference league this year, haven't they? Have they? I yeah. yeah. They do, yeah. Oh, well, normally completely on West Ham. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just think Newcastle going to have a good year and I... I do actually really rate this team and I think, you know, you mentioned before, I remember, I'm going back to this chat from years ago, but I remember we did a combined Arsenal, Leicester and Spurs and you told me Leno was better than Schmeichel and then... Um, well, um, well, Leno's still in the Premier League, Schmeichel's gone to France, so... <laughs> yeah, but actually, I find that bonkers because you've actually let him go. I yeah. think Leicester, we're mentioning top teams in a minute, mine is in Leicester, but I think Leicester could be prime for a terrible year. If they're losing Fafana, they might lose Madison and they've already lost Michael. I don't know why they've let him go. Maybe, Maybe Tielemans. If you mm. lose him as well, I think I think that team's nowhere near bad enough to, even without them to get relegated. But I think they're definitely have kind of a bad year, you know, if they lose all those players. That's the, you know, but Rogers is a good manager, I think he'll find a way. But that is if they lose all those players and don't replace them, that's just I don't know how they're gonna cope this year. Really intriguing team for me, Leicester City. Um Naeem. Who is your surprise team? I've gone for one of the promoted teams, gone for Nottingham Forest. Simple facts, their first first time back in the Premier League since the late 90s. Uh, obviously, this is a city ground where they play. That's going to be a little bit of a fortress because um, the fans are going to be up for it this season. And yeah, I think there's usually always one team out of the promoted team that does well in the league. And then obviously the next season they do drop off, but... I reckon they probably will surprise a few people, um, especially at home this season. So, I've gone for Nottingham Forest as my surprise team. Yeah, for me, I think they will be the best of three teams promoted. I think that, I know I've been critical of teams who spend by those players in one window, but Lingard is phenomenal signing on a free as well. I know they lost Bamba, who was a massive part of their playoff um, run. But they've got Henderson and Hennessy, who are, I think, more than capable of placement, you know. Nico Williams, I know they lost Jed Spence, Nico Williams, that's his level, and I think he can do well there. And everyone knows my feelings on um, Brennan Johnson up front. And then, of course, the main reason for me, Steve Cooper. I think, you know, in his last two seasons, he's got Swansea to the playoff final and taken Forrest from, I don't know where it was, it was really low down, I want to say 19th up until that playoff bottom winning again at Wembley. So... I think Steve Cooper is a fantastic manager. He'll be the reason why they do well. I think he's really got a good thing going there. And I think Forrest could really surprise people, maybe even break top 10 if they have a really good year. Um, Ryan, over to you for your surprise team. My surprise team is West Ham. Um, obviously, they do have conference league, but they haven't lost pretty much anything to their team. They've kept hold of Declan Rice, which obviously was pivotal for them but what they've added to the team is very very good I think Skamaka is one of the mm-hmm. best signings of the entire transfer window for any team throughout Europe like this is someone who 
was supposedly going to PSG at one point, and West Ham have managed to get him in. It's it's an incredible signing, and I hope it does work for him because obviously, you, know, you look at West Ham's previous signings up front; none of them have really gone down too well. So I hope he isn't one of those. But I think he'll score goals, and I think they're looking. They're still looking as well to strengthen. Uh, Philip Kostic, I think, is someone that they keep being linked with. So that would be a great signing as well. So I, I, I think West Ham are primed for a good season. Could well, I think, well finish again in the top seven and uh, get European football next season. And then finally, over to Jonathan for your surprise team. I've also gone with Nottingham Forest. I think there will be a, a buzz around the, uh, the place that you don't get from your Fulhams and your Bournemouths of the world. Um, and I think they'll they'll succeed in their first year back up. And by surprise, I pretty much just mean them staying up. I know a lot of people think they will based on their crazy window this summer. I think they do have to be a little cautious, a little careful, just because for a lot of teams that were just promoted to the Premier League, they've done the business of completely transforming their club and... It just it's nearly a new cast, a new starting eleven almost of new players. It feels like for most of the people who are going to play, not even force nearly are going to be new people in the club. So I think you do have to be a little bit careful with that. But maybe it's just my biased uh, Bundesliga favoritism. But I do like Niakate from Mainz. He's going to be great in defense. Um, Richards from Bayern could work out as well, and and some other players that um, I really like. Awani, of course, up front, but my surprise is simply just being that they will stay up, and I don't think they'll do much more other than, you know, 16th, 17th place. Fair enough. Our final category for our Premier League preview is our flop team, a team that's going to do worse than expected. Now, I'm going for Arsenal. I purely because everyone's saying they're top four, they're going to do this and do that. I just don't think it's going to work out quite as much as people think. I think I think they'll finish top six still, but I just think that you know I know Ryan, I can I can picture Ryan fuming with this, but I just think that people are putting a lot of pressure on them pre-season and it's a lot of praise on them, a lot of hype, and I just don't think it's going to quite work out as everyone else thinks it's going to work out. So Arsenal for me are the flop team. Um, Naeem, over to you. My flop team. I've gone for a team that has not signed a single player so far this summer, and that is Leicester City. Uh, they didn't have the greatest of seasons last season. They missed out on European football. Um, they're, if they do lose Madison, Tillsman, Till- Tillisman, sorry, as well, then obviously that, that weakens their team. They might still get players in, but I think they're at the point where they have to sell to buy at the moment. So. Yeah, I think they're going to struggle this season because other than Jamie Vardy, no one else really gets their goals. I know Madison did last season, but if he does go, then yeah, I think they will struggle because um, they, they haven't freshened the squad up. And yeah, I can't I can't see them doing well. I think they will flop this season. Mm, and if I mind thinking, Vardy's the only survivor from that league-winning team now. Now Schmeichel's gone. Yes. Uh, yeah. I think what Wes Morgan left a couple of years ago. I don't think any else is still there. Maybe a bench player that's still there somehow, but I just, yeah. Albrighton? Oh, Albrighton, yeah, Albrighton's still there. Yeah, we I think it's a yeah. yeah he'll, he'll never leave unless he's told to. 
don't <laughs> believe he's um, he's absolutely fine there. Um, finally, no, not, not finally, but ultimately, Ryan, who is your flop team? This may be more because of my dislike to this football club, uh. rather, rather, rather than so much a prediction, but. This is a team that has been hyped up quite a lot because of their summer signings. And I don't think it'll work out as well as people think it will for them. I've gone for Aston Villa. Ooh, Aston Villa. Ooh. That's not, I thought you were going to go Chelsea. Ooh. No, no. I, I just think Villa. Yeah, they got Kamara, who on a free transfer is a no-brainer. Obviously, they make Coutinho's deal a permanent one. Um, but... No, I don't. I don't see. I don't, like I rate Gerard as a manager as well, but I don't see enough there for the for the hype that has been generated around Aston Villa. So I think they can still have those off days where they get smashed. So yeah, for me, I I can see them finishing in the bottom ten. And then finally, Jonathan, who is your flop team? For me, it's Everton. Um, I know it's just preseason, like I always say, but they went and played Minnesota United. It's not just just any any MLS team is bad enough, but <laughs> Minnesota United and lost four nothing. I know Chelsea lost to Charlotte, penalties or whatever, but this is four nothing to to Minnesota United. You come all the way to the U.S. and for your fans, you can't even score one goal, and then you give away four. I think that's an immediate red flag. They lost with Charleston, by far their best player. I don't think their their two little Burnley signings are going to do them any good. I actually like Tarkowski, okay, but um, yeah, I think Frank Lampard will be gone. I guess not even by Christmas, he'll be gone by the World Cup, so we won't have to um, to worry about that. And I, I've you got to be feel bad for Everton fans. We've got a new stadium coming right by by the water there. You know, they should be top of the table, and and um, it's. I just think it's been a terrible window. Yeah, well, I think it's a disgrace that even moved from Goodison Park, personally. I think that stadium's really good. Mm. I think they, they should redo that rather than moving there, because I think that's one of the joys of our rivalry is that the stadiums of that are so close to each other, you know. And also, we often park our car at Goodison Park before moving, walking to Anfield. So if, we, if that goes, then we've got nowhere to park our car. <laughs> 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 um, before we do go on this podcast I will say Brighton actually could be a shout for the top team because I think they struggled for goals last year and haven't really bought anyone that can get them goals so I think Brighton could be I think they'll finish like 15th, 14th or something but I, I do think that they're a team to watch out for a team that could slip into the bottom three and that was our Premier League season preview for the upcoming campaign hope you enjoyed especially our hottest of takes in this episode but we will catch you guys for our next season preview for our next european league see you then